Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Well, hi there. Welcome to this week's episode. And this week we're going to be talking about church values. But before we get into that, just want to let you know that if you are thinking about reopening your building after COVID-19, and whilst whilst we're recording this, COVID-19 is still ongoing and the the reopening period is something that is uh is more like a sunrise than just flicking on a light switch so it's not just ending straight away and we all know that so reopening your building is something that is going to take a lot of thought and a lot of work to get that building ready and it's going to be so easy for you to forget things that just may not be obvious to think through that's why uh, we at thinking church have created a covid19 checklist it's a comprehensive checklist answering every single or asking every single question that you could possibly need asking around this uh, opening your buildings and uh, it's available you can go to our website it's 49 pounds 99 just go to our website www.thinking.church and you can see it on the menu at the top and it'll take you through to buy it on there and our, our prayer for your church is that reopening isn't a nightmare in terms of you know the logistics, but it's actually something that is uh, achievable, doable, and our checklist is there to help you do that. Okay, so on to this this week's uh, show, and this week Lee and I are talking about church values, and church values are things that normally just they sit on websites in dusty corners and don't really do a lot. But actually, they are so powerful when it comes to decision making and how your church exists and and how your church achieves your mission. So actually, what we what we look at here is moving them from uh, values into something else called simple guiding principles. So this conversation it will be really really helpful if you're thinking through your values. Then you really need to have a listen to this conversation. Okay, so without further ado, this is mine and Lee's conversation about values. Okay, uh, so today we're going to be talking about values and values in the church, really. And I think probably the best place to start off with when we're thinking about values is probably we need a definition of what values are. Lee, can you help us out with that? What are values? Values uh, are a standard for decision-making that persist for a significant amount of time in an individual's life. Okay, so you said individual's life there. Uh, Does that mean that that you can't have values as a a church? How, How does that work? Well... I think we need to be careful when we talk about things like this, that uh, that values attributed to uh, a person as, uh, as an individual, as a living being uh, can embody them, but organizations in and of themselves aren't living entities 
and some would say therefore don't have values of their own and actually an organization is a collection of individuals who all bring their own values and those values are deeply held and are something that would endure over you know a very long period of time very you could say very unchanging uh and so if you've got individuals that all bring their own values and then you start having a large number of people come together you you actually have an organization made up of people and therefore it's representative of many values and not just like you know the three to five that we think we might have as the organization so i think we need to we need to approach it slightly differently about well what does the organization then have to harness what individuals are bringing yeah so i think that's a that's quite a shift for people because I, I think w- we've always known to have, you know values has always been a thing in the life of church especially in the last you know maybe 20 years or so and uh, every church has got values somewhere on their website uh, and i think from what you're saying there that's kind of the problem is that we're trying to give human attributes to a non-human entity which is a, a church organization how yeah how yeah, does and, that work and it kind of uh, it, it misses what you're trying to do like it, so let, let's use the word diversity in this instance just to look at like we we don't want to just uh connect in people who are all the same either so if we've got that breadth of people coming and representative of different backgrounds and upbringing and uh, just like, you know, we're across like the whole spectrum and we want to say that our church is for anybody. But then if we only have a small number of values, we're kind of like filtering that down that we're going to get this like attracts like. And actually could be another reason why we plateau and don't grow if we've got nothing to enable people to live out the best of who they are rather than all trying to do this singular direction by a limited number of values that the organization wants to have so the we would we would talk about this in terms of you know and and values underlie they come before we get uh, to belief as well but actually an, an organization is about are we going in a particular direction uh, more so necessarily than about a specific destination as well, because, you know, things happen and things change. And, you know, I don't think uh, we, we need to draw any more attention to it than we already have. But this is uh, 2020 and how we set off at the beginning of this year and what things look like now are very different. If we would to set a destination as where we would go in, we're probably not going to hit it. But if we still know the general direction, then we could be doing it. What we want is people who, in the interests of the organisation, know how to make a decision uh, on the spot and have the freedom within that uh, to 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 make uh, that decision. And so we would talk more about an organisation having simple guiding principles, and you know, just to kind of like expand that a little bit before we talk more deeply, is 
simple guiding principles. They're they're not rules or instructions, uh, but they are uh, simple. But they give rise to more complex ways of operating and working, and uh, they they probably seem more like you know common sense but they are common sense in relation to the direction that you are traveling. Um, they're better for helping us with alignment. They're better for helping us with the kind of uh, what, what would separate us and also about helping us move together. So in nature, we talk about simple guiding principles. Uh, the, the often cited example is flocking birds when they are migrating. Uh, so they have, you know, their, their simple guiding principles are uh, basically flock without flock and avoid collision. That's okay. the guiding principle. Seems very common sense. You want to flock and avoid collision and also fly at the average speed of the birds around you uh, and kind of like maintain that in the direction that you are headed. Okay. So, you know. That, 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 that's probably oversimplistic, but we're taking something from nature. You imagine if you had to tell every individual bird a set of rules or instructions or what it needed to act individually, whereas actually you need to be able to act as, as part of that organization at any one time, and they all need to be enacting the same thing for it to work. Okay, so I think some of this needs to be unpacked a little bit because I think how church has traditionally known values is they'll they'll think of things what are the things that we value so we'll you know we value integrity is always the classic one we in we value creativity these are things aspects that that are value that we value and but that's the problem is they're just they're just kind of things and they there's not a lot you can do with them it's just like saying things that you like but moving to a simple guiding principle is yeah. is moving more into the behavioural aspect of things rather than things that you like and believe in and things that you want. Because it seems like when you just have things that, you know, you might value integrity, but that doesn't help you do anything in action because it's just it's just an abstract concept it's not actually a concrete thing that is something that you can do whereas a simple guiding principle is is that some is am i getting in the right direction yeah that? and that's it if we just have a bunch of nice values and we live them out it doesn't really set us that's more speaking to the behaviors that we want people to have uh rather and you know and actually what we want to see is we want to see the positive outcome of those values and action to be the behaviors that we get and then behavior over time as we witness it becomes the culture that we observe and the thing is is that we can often see that if something's broken in the culture we understand the behaviors that we don't want and but people's behaviors are in response to systems processes and principles and things that are in place but actually underneath all of that people's values are very varied so uh we, we want to have this degree of motion. We want to know that the church is on the move. We want to know the church is doing something. Actually, you know, when we set off at the beginning of 2020, churches probably had a good idea of what was likely to happen. Uh, we also had some things on the horizon that might happen. 
And we probably also, you know, have some things in like, no, no way, that's never going to happen. Uh, and, but actually, as it stands at this moment in time, we're probably living out of some kind of worst case scenario for, you know, for, for many. But actually, what we're looking is, is that uh, the guiding principles hold true in, in all of those scenarios, because it's about how we make decisions to action. Uh, so that we're always responsive uh, to what we're doing. But it takes into account the individual individuality of the fact that we are we are people-based organizations. We are we've got people at our heart. We're trying to attract people who aren't yet part of the churches. And we're we're trying to make uh what we do visible and easy. Whereas actually we we can't operate church with a rule book. But, you know, guiding principles are a much easier way to put things in play. Now, you know, let's let's think about uh, Jesus here and things that he said. And it's like, did he, did he establish a value or did he establish a guiding principle for how to act? You know, very, very simply, when people wanted him to probably give rules and answers and list things out and he kind of like took commandments and things like that. But actually, when it came down to it, it's like, you know, love your neighbour as yourself. Is, 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 is that a value or is that a guiding principle? Well, actually, that's something when I'm like, if I'm about to do something in my house, you know, music on at one in the morning. Am I loving the neighbour as myself by doing that, you know, that act? Uh, or, you know, and, you know, you know, simplifying there a little bit. But it's a. Uh, actually that that's a thing that I apply to help me in decision makings in the moment like am I doing something that would help me love my neighbor do I love my neighbor as myself um, and I think you know that's the kind of thing that it boils down to and I, I would argue that that's more a guiding principle for how we act and actually is much easier to tell a very varied congregation about and how to do than it is about giving them all the rules about you do this when you're in the house, you do this when you're in the workplace, you do this when you're out and about, you do this when you're at friends' houses, you do this with relatives. It's like, ah, that gets quite oppressive. Whereas if actually we go down to, when you're doing these things, if you're living out of a Christ-centered life, we're gonna do things that love our neighbor. So, so that that is quite a big big shift because I think it, that's that's simplifying down, but it's also making it different because it's now moving from a static word to a a, a very actionable word or phrase. Yeah. Or, you know, you know, if it's love your neighbor as yourself, that's something that's a there's a principle that can be applied in different circumstances so what i'm thinking here is it's when we've been thinking about values before i think sometimes we think it's about making people into different you know it's like changing people's values and i'm not sure that's ever really possible that people's values are set but these simple guiding principles can do i mean I, this is something where you, I, I can remember you, you saying this to me before where you said it's a bit like adding milk to coffee could you just explain how simple guiding principles 
is any way like coffee because I mean I love coffee but um <laughs> and I like coffee yeah. with milk in it so um so ex- explain that analogy for me and maybe that will help us unlock this kind of simple guiding principles as a as a concept okay so this 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 idea this is more to do with uh change and actually that that's what we're that's kind of what we're about as churches it's about the change that we want to see and often the change we want to see in the world um and there's a guy called niels uh flaging or uh, which i believe i'm pronouncing correctly um, apologies niels if i haven't uh and he talks about uh change instead of it being this this journey that you go from like state one to finish state and kind of that's the thing is this that you get to change by uh more like constant flipping so like you make you make these small interventions at any point in time uh towards the desired state breaking up from where you are today which is the status quo so uh but that those those change is more like adding milk to coffee every time you get that nudge of some milk entering the coffee it is now altogether different from the original one pure coffee the change is actually permanent there is no way of returning to that first pattern so that's much more similar to what uh change actually is rather than talking about it as this as this journey so actually the the change is all of those points and that's why change is like adding milk to coffee so in in that sense a simple guiding principle can function in that that same way if i'm if i'm understanding this correctly because what happens is whenever someone takes on a simple guiding principle and appropriates that into their life be it in in church life or outside of the four walls of the church it's it's like that little bit of milk and the coffee that's starting to change who they are but it's not actually it's not turning them into milk so it's not changing them into who you want them to be it's, it's changing them to be a more milky coffee does that make sense so they're a different yeah. version of themselves a better yes. version of themselves yeah and actually and you're going to see them though embody the the values that they hold deeply actually by an encounter with christ actually outworks as uh we would hope more positive behavior and actually it's the behaviors and beliefs that we see change uh but actually what they value underneath you know that might be integrity it might be safety it might be beauty it might be learning you know there's there's any number of values underneath it but actually limiting beliefs and things on top of that actually stop them working positively but like you you couldn't possibly as a church address all of the values but you can put guiding principles in place and help people make those you know add the milk to their life so that we see those you know those steps and then we then we witness the outworking um, and so we see that change over time within an individual uh, but actually you know where we want where we where we might what we might see isn't necessarily you know we can't control that outcome and actually, it's not our job as a church to control the outcome of how individuals, you know, live. That's that that would be quite a ego-driven, megalomaniac way to run a church. If we thought we could directly control people's behaviour and how they actually outworked, 
<laughs> they took on Christ in their life. We're like, we're not, we're not about that. Uh, but, but also, I think there's a, a certain uh, pain for churches that try to drive this by rule book. Uh, and, you know, we've met churches and there are some long established churches that have run by uh, rule books. Um, and unfortunately, we often we often see that they are they are now in this day and age definitely in decline. Um, but we also see others that actually the stalling comes is that you can never do enough work as a church program. You can't do enough with the teaching or anything else that you're trying to deliver to address all of that. So that that ability to not communicate what you're trying to get people to do because you've got to keep adding values or you you're always addressing your communication it's you're, you're you're developing a lot of work for yourselves and actually i think that what happens is is that you uh you stall because you just you could never keep up with the amount of work that's required so you might comfortably be able to work with about 100 150 people you know kind of like navigating that but actually you're capping yourself but if you if you would release it to be a lot messier and just operate with the guiding principles your church could look much more like that starling murmuration of the birds flocking and changing shape and direction that has an inherent beauty about it that we all admire and we've all used it as a sermon illustration at some point about what we're actually trying to do but actually it comes down to you're not writing the rules of how each of those birds is operating. You've applied a simple, very simple guiding principle about flock and don't collide. That's a much yeah. easier thing to communicate, to to live out, and to probably measure uh, and to actually see whether it is is happening. And actually, it allows your your church as a congregation to uh, probably coordinate better and to move consistently and actually get the movement that you should. Uh, should be having yeah so when we when we're helping churches to think through how how you're going to implement simple guiding principles and design your own we normally say that they should be three things and the first thing we say that a simple guiding principle needs to be is memorable um yes and i mean i i think if it was unmemorable that's really difficult for someone to recall so if it wasn't you know, flock and avoid collision, but it was, you know, turn left when bird left, when the bird to the left of you turns left and turn right when bird right turns to the right of you. You know, it's, it gets very, it can get very confusing very, very quickly. Um, just leave, kind of pick up on that. Okay, how important is it that we make that memorable? Uh, well, absolutely. It's got, it's, it's got to be that thing, you know, and I go back to that, you know, the, the love your neighbor aspect. It, it becomes so default for you to go. Let's face it, right. I've been a Christian a very long while. And, but then if people came to me and said, tell me all 10 commandments, it's, you know, I'm just sort of like you, you, you instantly have this kind of like retraction where you're like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Uh, but are they going to be verbatim? Uh, you know, am I, am I paraphrasing? So, uh, what does it actually all boil down to? It's like, actually, if you want to live this life, love your neighbour and then love your neighbour as yourself. Actually, you know, as that little expansion, it can be unpacked, but it's that, it's that element of actually, you know, I've got that default almost uh, uh, auto-responsive kind of like reaction that if somebody asks it, 
I can just I, I, I can say it's very, very easy. So I think you've just got to, you know, and that part of it's also very easy for me to tell somebody else without adding extra explanation. So it's actually a unit thing that doesn't need me to expand it to make it have any more meaning than it already has in that kind of like simple unit. And I think that the great advantage with making it memorable is not is meaning that it's, you don't have to tell your church to memorize it. You know, the whole thing, I, I've seen it in many churches in my in my own experience as well, where you almost get a little test about what are the church values and you try to remember what they all are. But actually, that's not really helpful because that, that just tends to be like this kind of pop quiz of the, the church values. And um, but actually, if there's something that's naturally memorable, you may not be able to spout them off all at once. But when you're in a situation, suddenly you'll go, ah, maybe that's, we need to apply that. Maybe they, it's like becomes these kind of like folklore sayings of your church. Of, oh, yeah. we, all, we always say this in our church. And this is how we, this is how we do, you know, this is how we do things. And this is, this is what we say. We've got a saying here that is, you know, wh- whatever it is, you know, and, and when we're saying it's memorable, we're not saying that it's, you know, you've got to have this pop quiz because I think that's not helpful either. Yeah, and I think there's part of that, you know, you know, situations in church, let's let's take it down to that, you know, if you've got rules, if you if you were running with the rule book, then and you say to the person uh, on, on the door who's welcoming people, it's like your job is, you know, open the door is welcoming people and is pointing them over here in this right direction. Let's say now somebody comes up and asks that person something because they're new in and they say this. And that person's like, oh, uh, I need to pass you over to somebody else or you know, send you elsewhere to get that question answered because I, 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 haven't, I don't know what to do. But actually, if, you, if the guiding principle is, you know, uh around you know always delivering a warm welcome or that if you know if somebody comes up and asks a question that you know we don't leave them until it's answered now that person on the door is permitted to go oh okay yeah i can't answer that come with me actually they make a decision that lives out like you know some better principle and we're not passing you know we don't pass people around for the post uh you know, again, a little bit simplistic in its in, in its setup, but you know, if you scale that up, if people are doing things by rules, we can soon look disjointed. Whereas, actually, if we do things by guiding principle, we're operating with a level of uh, cohesion. I think ultimately it comes down to that if we live by a rule book and we're living by trying to put in things, it's sort of like, no, if this happens, do A, and if this happens, do B, and if this happens, do C. And we're trying to get people to remember all of that. Are we really trusting our people? Like, and what does it say about... If you've got if you've got rules in place and you're trying to like say be prescriptive with what we're doing, do we do we tolerate mistakes? Do we tolerate failure? Like no, probably probably not. Actually, people get very you get very anxious and apprehensive if there's too many rules in place. Whereas actually, 
I think this boils down to if you can live with a few guiding principles in place that actually you're saying we trust our people and that actually in any moment if something happens that we know that they are going to do something hopefully right but hopefully actually more than that in the right direction that we would be going as a church and actually if they get it wrong we're not judging them on whether it was right or wrong we're judging them on well you know did 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 they do something in the in light of applying that guiding principle you know it's that's a much better thing and so i think it does come down to like as 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 people responsible uh, in the church for kind of like helping like you know like drive it and set that direction that we actually show that we trust the people uh that, that that we are that we are that we are doing this with that we are working with who want to be in relationship with us to see something happen actually we're saying that we we trust them uh, and that we don't just try to apply rules and uh add kind of like measurement on the top so yeah. actually i think it could be very very releasing um and particularly for smaller churches uh and let's face it like most churches are actually smaller churches you know we you know most most churches in the uk are probably under 250 people actually to get the kind of like the movement and the progress you want some people will be doing this naturally out of who they are anyway but actually what we're saying is is that don't don't look to put in more things actually this is about i mean we'll come back to it again it's about simplifying yeah it's you know the fewer things that you actually have to do the more permissive it is the messier it can be but actually we're showing that we trust people uh and that actually is a great respect and actually will allow us to move uh uh in that collaborative way consistently um and actually it brings about health and you know with health we tend to get growth and and with simple guiding principles they are very much the how that comes before the what so this is about how we do things how we operate so when it comes to the actual process say let's take the you know a welcome team for, for instance if 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 you've got a simple guiding principle in place that's helping them then it can help them make decisions about what should their process be and actually you know do we open the door do we proper open do we give drinks in this kind of cup or do we do things this way the, the guiding principle guides those kind of process and you still need to have those kind of look this is this is our process of how we do things you still need those things in place but it, it's yeah. made a lot more easy by having something that's memorable and going okay if in doubt and if you can't remember if if when there are so many times when the process goes out the window because many things just don't fit a nice neat process you've got these principles in place that you can go back to a simple guiding principle and if you follow that you'll never go wrong yeah so you know let's come back to you know the people that are on like your car park people that are helping you uh with the welcome and the doors at the building and the stewarding we haven't had that for months because we've not been in physical buildings yeah so you know that goes out the window but if you're if you're if your guiding principle is about how to deliver a great welcome then all of that transfers into the new scenario of being online and people naturally just know how to be hospitable and give a great welcome regardless so it's like if I, if if my if my church has a thing about you know sort of like you know we welcome well and you know anybody new 
isn't left until they know what they're doing. If I'm in a physical space, that means that I'm going to open the door. It means I'm going to say hi. It means I'm going to make sure they know where they're going, know where the toilets are. Bang. Great. Moment we haven't got a building and that person pops up in the chat window. Same applies. You're, you'll respond to them. You'll give them a big welcome. You'll ask them if they need to do anything or what they want to get on with. And you, you, you know, you take it from there. So actually now the guiding principle applies. And again, like, you know, for, for listening, maybe that sounds really oversimplistic. And you're like, you know, well, naturally, if you welcome in the real world, you'd welcome here. And, that, you know, we haven't got a rule book around that. But, you know, let, let's multiply that up through other things that you are doing as a church. Actually, the guiding principles will fit when you end up with a physical venue, when you end up with an online venue. That actually, however, you're now going to outwork this should stand and actually, those churches who've been ad- able to adapt fastest are those who, those who are probably close to having the guiding principles than, than a rule book. And I guess that brings us on to the, the next point, which is that simple guiding principles need to be universal. So we said they need to be memorable, but next it's, it's universal. And that means that it can't just apply just to one specific area. It's got to be something that applies to all areas of church life, but also outside of the church as well if we're thinking about our church being something that is you know a, a movement of people that is living out a mission and we've, we've already talked about you know mission statements before on the podcast how do we then go about and do that and simple guiding principles if we make them something that's universal applicable in any s- circumstance then actually that becomes something that becomes our way of being able to live out the values, whether we're in the church building or out of the church building. Yes. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> oh, well, you know, yeah. We can... yeah, that's right. Okay, well, let's, let's move on. Universal is the second one. Third one is, is measurable. We want, so we want simple guiding principles to be memorable, universal, and last one, measurable. And uh, when I say measurable, it's not that, um, you know, it, you need to have a number by it, but you've got to have that ability to be able to self-identify of, did I do that or did I not do that? Yeah. And otherwise it's going to be really, really hard if if, it, if they get too fluffy and it's like, well, I don't know. Really. So, and that's the problem with, with having static words like integrity, which is, a, you know, integrity is obviously a, a brilliant thing, but how do you, you, you don't know was was that was that integrity was that was that not integrity like it's really hard to know that that that's been done and so you can't you can't ask someone oh was was that done with integrity well maybe i hope so but actually if there's a if there's a, a simple guiding principle that unpacks that that's a way that you can um live that out then it's all and it's written in a way that is measurable then we can go, yes, I, I, I did it or I didn't do it. Yeah. And you're accountable then. Yeah. And sometimes it is in the, the measure, the measure is the story. Rather, you know, it's a, it's a thing that you have in discussion rather than it being like, yeah, like you said, like uh, either binary or on a scale because the, the, the knock-on effect of like say let's go back to the murmuration of, of of starlings if one bird did not do the 
uh, guiding principle, the knock-on effect throughout that is felt by everybody. But at the same time, like actually it, because of that obvious nature of how, how, how that impact uh, would be felt, uh, it, 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 it's, very, it's very easy to get things back on track as well. So I think we have to be we have to be mindful of the measure of the story, especially when it comes down to things like if we if we did choose, you know, love your neighbor as 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 as, as, as that guiding principle, uh, you know, as a, as a, an obvious one for us to to pick on and discuss. But it's the you know, in saying that, you know, what you did, did I do enough? You know, because that person now does X and doesn't talk to me or I didn't do any of this like we're not actually now responsible for the outcome. We're only responsible for our own action. We actually absolve ourselves of how they took it as long as we know that we did something and we did did, did, did the, quote, right thing. So actually, it's sort of like, no, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've said hi. I've been kind. When this happened, I did that. Um, I've been round and they're still not interested. They don't connect. They don't do X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, you, you don't need to take responsibility now for that. Because you've you you've done all the stuff that you could have done, um, so I think we need to be mindful as well, so that it actually releases us from being responsible always for the for the outcome of that as well, and actually comes back down to much more how we are and where we are at. So I think the accountability thing is 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 steeped within it. Yeah, there's um there's a simple guiding principle at, at my church which says. Uh, every hello matters and I love it in terms of how uh, measurable it is because then you can ask yourself well when I saw someone today did I make every hello matter did I make it matter or did I just not really care about it and I think that for being able to for self-reflection it's a brilliant simple guiding principle and it's also universal because now it's not just about welcoming people in the welcome team or um, you know whether you made a nice hello on from the stage in a service or online. It's now when I went into work, did did I make every hello matter to my colleagues? Did I make every hello matter to my customers? And um, so, and and now that's something that's it's moving from a rule book of how to do church activity well. And more about yeah. now guiding principles about how to be the church, and 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 if we if we live that out, if we make you know in our churches in my church's scenario, if I make every hello matter, that helps the the mission of our church because actually we are yes. we're, we're being that kind of people to our friends, neighbors, colleagues, and on all that kind of thing. And I think that's when we're thinking about measurable. I think it's a good example about how we can just by phrasing things differently, we can, we can take something that, you know, that, that, that's a value. There's a core value there of, you know, welcoming those kind of things, but actually the, we've, we've now turned it into something that's, that's completely measurable and universal. And it's a memorable phrase. I mean, I don't have to take, doesn't take me time to recall it. I didn't have to take a test. Um, It's something that is all of those three things working together really really well and i think that's when we're looking for and you know churches that are listening into this take time to think about okay you might have values but when and and you might have them written down but they're no use if they're just sat on your website doing absolutely nothing you've got to do the next work of turning them into to memorable universal measurable 
phrases or sayings that are going to be things that are going to be simple guiding principles? Yeah, I think it's much more important for churches. Like, I think we we got obsessed with this this values based stuff when we became very aware of it. But the thing is, when you end up then with those values, is that to keep people engaged with it, you end up with a communication burden. And if you end up with a communication burden, you also end up developing too many programs. And the more programs that you have, the more likely you are as a church to plateau. Whereas actually, a church should be much more obsessed with its purpose because an organization can have a purpose. And then actually through the purpose, what guiding principles are needed to get it in that direction. And then we let the people, we trust the people. Yeah. And, and we go from there and see, see what they do and how they pick it up and how they do stuff in that direction might not be what we've seen. So we've also got to be to a degree happy with that to actually let some of that go and that some of those things will happen and sometimes it might not be what we want but it might be in the direction and actually we might then go but that's really cool we like that that's really really happy brilliant and that that means that we can take the decision you know all of these decisions which often when you're in a hierarchical structure which most churches tend to be some form of you know hierarchical structure and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's worth worth saying but it helps for functional flow and that kind of stuff but the problem that can happen is that all the decision making power gets or gets clustered at the top and everything just slows down because yeah if you want to make a decision well that's got to go up to you know the church council or the leadership team and so you've got to wait for the decision to go up and then the decision making to flow back down and that takes a whole lot of time whereas if we're working with simple guiding principles we can now say to people well operate according to these simple guiding principles and it may not be what we did but if it's the way we would have done it then we'll trust you with the outcome and yeah. and, so, and so actually the i mean and this is something that we are really passionate about as well you know we're we're facilitators so we're all about process and the process is for us is actually oftentimes more important than the outcome because if you've got a great process you always have a great outcome um, it would yes. just be different and maybe not what you expect it to be. Maybe not what you would have done, but that's not the point. It's just been done with a great process. And I think that's really applicable for church leaders is that you're giving, if you're giving these simple guiding principles to people, it means that they can now, you can give them to your, you know, your welcome team and say, operate with these and you will get it right. We don't have to micromanage you. Yeah, and that's, I, think that's, I think it's important there that actually this disseminates through all of the teams equally without us having to have multiple rule sets for each individual team. Like actually people will make, where things are required, like, you know, little rules and things where, you know, occasionally, you know, the, the process is more, we still have health and safety, we still have safeguarding. They are much more black and white on how you have to process that. Although there are still probably some guiding principles at the top of that that you have in place. But actually, 
those teams can now do that in that direction against those guiding principles that all of your teams have that same flavor to, to how they're doing things um, and can be trusted. I just think it stops a lot of leadership anxiety for those who are, uh, you know, leading churches and doing that kind of work that actually you're, you, you don't have to, you don't have to concern yourself with like all of that micro detail uh, and it alleviates the the program problem of plateau. Yeah, hey, I alliterated uh, <laughs> the, the the program problem that causes plateau. But it, it's true that actually in, individuals want to see in, in individuals are looking for a release and an outworking ultimately uh, uh, within within what they're doing. But actually, there's the stuff that they do as the church, and there's the stuff they do. And that, when we say church there, we mean like, you know, like the corporate piece of us gathered. But then there's the piece that they're doing as church when they are in their workplace and in their home life. Well, let's not make them all distinct. It's like, let's let that person just be themselves in all situations and outwork who they are in all of those places. That's a much better way to, 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 to be approaching it. Yeah. OK, so um, let's just move on to how we can help churches implement great simple guiding principles within the life of their church and uh, we've got kind of four four steps and i i don't like four steps with things normally um but it's really they're really helpful ways and this is you know this is not an exhaustive list but these are four things that you can put in place that will help you integrate simple guiding principles to become part of the fabric of of your church and how you do things First one is to model it. What do we mean by model it, Lee? Uh, we've all got to be doing it. We've got to be an example of it. Yeah, I think that that at, at, it, at its most basic, actually, we we have got to be uh, an example of it if we want other people to be able to uh, replicate it. And yeah, and, and that's the thing. Before you can get into the next one, which is teaching it is if you're not living it out first, you can't expect anyone else to, to live it out. So my, my advice to churches would be that if you're wanting, if you've got some simple guiding principles that you want to put in place before you even teach it, take some time, take a few months just to you and your leadership team, just to live it out and be yeah. conscious to live it out before you even start to teach it. And um, so putting them in place and be able to, to, think about, okay, I can actually recognize specific points when I put these into action and I use these to help my decision-making and, and how you know, we create a process around this before we started to tell people to do it. Because, I mean, the second point is you do need to teach people how to, you know, what these are because we need yeah. to let them know. But I'd say that the, yeah, to be able to teach it, so the modeling it is about developing your own heuristic. So that when you come to teach it, you've got experience to speak from. But when it comes to teaching it, we don't mean like maybe the kind of usual substandard education models that we apply in a lot of these scenarios. Uh, this this is actually about the teaching it is the story. That's the bit where we 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 can we can tell of the times when we've applied this and done it. That 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 is easier for people to engage with and pick up 
and apply to their own life than just giving them again when teaching becomes rule-based. So actually, I'd say that the, 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 the teaching it is, is about the story. It's about the telling. Yeah. Uh, the third thing to, for, for third step for in, implementing it is to celebrate it. And I think that's, re- it's a really important point because celebration and I think that it, it links into how we think about ritual and these kind of things. They, they really cement things in the fabric of a church. Yes, no, absolutely. The celebration piece is important to, uh, like you said, c- cementing those things, but also it's those, it's those, it's those markers uh, that we can do regularly. You know, we could we could pick up on this, and that's what we can also be known for. So it's the things that you know when people have done this, and sometimes it will be we celebrate them, uh, and and how people have done it, even if it wasn't maybe the outcome that we thought we were going to get. So I think yeah, the celebration piece is is super important, almost critical to the whole thing. Yeah, and the last one is is to repeat it because if you're not continually modelling it, and if you're not continually teaching it i think the, the the problem that we have and I mean, if you're not continually celebrating it but the problem many churches have is they you know they'll make might do a series on their values and then they don't do anything or don't talk about it again for we, some weeks months years even and actually the problem that can be is that not repeating it you know it, everything just gets forgotten so so quickly and um i know of um you know I know of there are companies like uh, you know Ritz Carlton and companies like that where it's part of their their morning check-in is they will talk about one of their you know their one of their simple guiding principles and about why it's so important about stories around it and keeping it front and center because they never want to allow their staff to for it to become forgotten because I think whilst it might become um, you think it might be obvious and people will, oh yeah but we already know that actually people don't it needs to be repeated continually continually yeah i was i was gonna say can you say that again but bad <laughs> well on that i think that's probably a good place to uh to call it time there um so values but let's actually let's move it to simple guiding principles yeah and it, it, it part of that it's honoring what people bring so that who they are is not squashed to shape them to be something that they are not and that we celebrate them in their own right for what they bring and what they value, but that we actually all work out ways to be collaborative in purpose. Brilliant. Lee, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, listener, for joining us this week for this week's episode. And when we're talking about values, they can be difficult things to work out. And that's why Thinking Church exists. We, we are facilitators, so we exist to help you work these things out. And uh, at the moment, uh, and actually always, you can get a free one-hour consultation with us just to talk through where you're at, what sort of things you need to put in place uh, to move forward. Uh, so you can do that at our website, www thinking.church. We will see you next week. Take care.